0: Would you pray with me? God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So our season of stewardship began this past Monday, actually, as you were invited to begin reading the devotional writings written by people you know in this church. I hope you have taken to heart or will take to heart my invitation to give some time to reflection in this season of stewardship, to set aside a time each day in your favorite chair with a cup of coffee or whatever suits you, and to mindfully read through the variety of materials your stewardship team has prepared for you. I trust that these are resources for spiritual growth. So I hope you will be nourished by them. Our stewardship theme this year is generosity, and this is the first of three sermons on the theme. My fundamental understanding of generosity is that generosity always begins with God. When I think about stewardship, I like to come back to a basic definition of stewardship, just a dictionary definition. My dictionary defines the noun stewardship as the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. To say that something is entrusted to one's care implies that it has been entrusted to your care by someone else. And a Christian perspective on stewardship would say that God is that someone else. God is the one who entrusts things to our care. In fact, all things that come under our care are entrusted to us by God, who is the source of all and the one to whom all of creation and everything in creation belongs. Seeing the earth as God's good creation is one of the best reminders of the true meaning of stewardship. It's a meaningful coincidence that today we focus on the theme of God's generosity as a call to stewardship and focus on celebrating the ministry of Grace Garden, while meanwhile the People's Climate March is going on in New York City. This coming Tuesday, various heads of state will be gathering in New York for a historic summit on climate change. And this weekend, especially today, groups all across the country and all across the world are holding marches and demonstrations and other kinds of events to call for worldwide action to care for our environment, as stewards of our environment. The Climate March today in New York City may be the largest of these events, but we also have our own event here in Davis, which is in Central Park right now and going up until 2.30 today. The message of these events is to call for a world with an economy that works for people and the planet, a world safe from the ravages of climate change, a world with good jobs, clean air and water, and healthy communities. As a Christian, my motivation for caring about the environment is that I believe that creation is God's good gift generously entrusted to my stewardship and all our stewardship, our care, entrusted to us by God. I believe God is so generous. This isn't an original idea with me, right? Christians of a whole very wide range of theological perspectives say this all the time as a description of God's nature. But even though the idea isn't original, it is a deeply held personal conviction for me. And the depth of my conviction about God's generous nature rests on some central pieces of how I understand God. I understand God as creator. And some of us may understand this creator God as the force behind the laws of physics and the energy of the universe. And I see God that way too. But I also imagine God as a master artist. With a creative urge so strong, that urge cannot be stopped. I believe God is continually creating and calls us to be co-creators in creating the world God envisions. And I believe that as the creator of all that is, God is the source of all that we have and all that we are. God is that generous to give us all that we have to make us all that we are. Our scripture passage from Genesis this morning reminds us of the bounty of God's creation. God says, See, I have given you every plant, and goes on from there. See, I have given you. This fits my convictions about how God shows up with us. See, I have given you. As the source of all that is, God gives us so much. Another central component of how I see God is that I understand Jesus Christ to be a revelation of God. This is why when secular friends ask me if Jesus Christ isn't just another exemplary, exemplary role model like Gandhi, I say that to me Christ is so much more. To me, Christ is a revelation of God. And here's what that means to me. I believe that when we look at the life and ministry of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, when we look at the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are seeing a picture that shows us God's own self. We're catching a glimpse into God's nature and God's actions. And part of what I see through this Jesus window into God is generosity. I am all too humbly aware of how much I hold back, even when I give in my own way. When I give of myself, whether that's time or energy or money or whatever, I continually hold something back. But Jesus didn't hold anything back. He poured all of his energy and his skill and his time and his personal resources into bringing healing and hope and compassion and justice. To the people and the communities he encountered, Jesus gave of himself without holding back. So for me, believing that Jesus is a revelation of God tells me that God also gives without holding back. Another thing I know about my own giving is that more often than not, I give conditionally, I give with strings attached. But that is not how God gives. Some of you know that Katie and I were foster parents for four years to a daughter who came to us as a teenager. In the months after Bonnie had moved out on her own, Katie and I considered, hypothetically, whether we might give her one of our cars. It was our older car. We knew it was only a matter of time before we would be wanting to replace it. And as we considered the possibility, we tried to imagine, realistically, what that might look like. How would we feel If we then rode with Bonnie and found that the car reeked of cigarette smoke when we wanted so badly for her not to be a smoker? We would make car insurance a condition of the gift of the car, and how would we feel if we learned she let the insurance drop? Bonnie got a car on her own, so the entire thing was never more than hypothetical for me and Katie, but we did some soul-searching and recognized that it would be difficult for us to give unconditionally. I don't always give unconditionally, but God does. Some of you know that Katie and I took a class called Financial Peace University, which is taught on video by Dave Ramsey. Some of you took that class when it was offered here a couple of years ago also. Dave Ramsey says, don't loan money to family or friends. He says that if you're going to give money to family or friends, you need to be prepared to let it go because sometimes people don't repay loans, and this can cause a rift in a friendship or in a family relationship. He says it's just not worth risking the damage to the relationship. So he says, don't loan money unless you are prepared to make a gift of it. But don't we usually loan money expecting that the loan will be repaid? That's definitely my expectation. If I loan someone money, that they will give it back. Or never mind money, I feel that way if I loan a sweater or a book or my car. But this, again, is different from how God gives. God doesn't ask to be repaid. That is part of what that Christian vocabulary word grace means. God gives to us without expecting to be repaid. God gives us gifts, not wages. We do not earn what God gives us the theological concept of grace is very closely tied to God's generosity. Katie grew up with the saying, who you are is God's gift to you, who you become is your gift to God. God does not ask to be repaid, but it sure is a gift to God and to the world when we become a person who lives a life of service and compassion. As, as Jesus did in his life. Yesterday, folks gathered here to listen to the input of 116 of you who gave your input by being interviewed about your experience of this church. Friday evening, our newly formed guiding team met with our facilitator. We opened by reflecting on scripture, and part of our conversation focused on a line that said, the harvest is bigger than you can imagine. As each person talked about the interview portion of the process this church has been going through, there was so much energy and excitement about the abundance of what we had heard, what you all had shared in your interviews. I wish I could take credit for this, but it was someone else who pointed out that the interview experience itself, especially for those who were interviewers, was a demonstration of God's possibilities being bigger than our imaginations. God's possibilities are so much more expansive than my own limited imagination. The conversation reminded me that I see things so much more narrowly than God does, and more narrowly than God invites me to see things. And when I catch a glimpse of that broader possibility, to me that is a sign of God at work. Because God's possibilities are so much broader, so much more expansive than my own limited imagination. Because God is generous. Expansive possibilities are a gift of God's generosity. My faith in God's generous nature fills me with wonder and gratitude. May you feel your life touched by the God who is so generous with us. Amen.